911, what's the nature of your emergency? Welcome back to another episode of Tactical Living by Leo Warriors. I'm your host, Ashley Walton. And I'm your co-host, Clint Walton. In our last episode, we talked about the consequences of taking more than you give. So if you haven't already, go back and check out that episode. And for today's episode, I thought we would talk about something pretty exciting. And I say that it's exciting because we have an incredibly special guest named Elena Cardone coming on to our show very soon. And in her book, Building an Empire... She talks about a very simple concept, and as you listen to this, and Clint, I'm sure you've heard of it before, and that is creating your own avatar, your own personal list, your own profile of what you think the ideal partner would look like for you. So just sit back, relax, and enjoy today's content. Clint, maybe you can shed some light on the male perspective of this, but what did it look like for you growing up? when it came to what you envisioned as your ideal partner? It's really funny to think about that as, as my ideal partner. I, I honestly don't visualize, I haven't visualized that. I, I never did growing up. I've, and it's funny because you put me on the spot with that and I'm trying to rack my brain surrounding that and I don't remember any time in my life where I just visualized this is who I could see myself spending the rest of my life with. I'm not saying I didn't have like boy crushes on, <laughs> I'm dating myself with Pamela Anderson or. We wouldn't call that a boy crush. We would call that a girl crush because well, a boy crush means you would be oh, crushing on a boy. Oh, <laughs> Hey, well, and if you were, that's fine. I'm just pointing it out. No, I I thought I'm thinking of myself as a boy, like a little boy having a crush on someone. That's my mindset with it. But I completely see that went the wrong way. But I I think back. So I I loved Pamela Anderson. We'll just say, and you said we'll just say did you really love pamela anderson well when i was young yeah uh-huh. absolutely but it was more of that strong persona that i had loved about mm-hmm. her and <laughs> well in in i think back to baywatch and i'm not just talking about the assets that she had but that she had a very strong persona in baywatch and and i recall that movie barbed wire and it was a flop, but it was a very sexy cover. And I'm visualizing that cover right now as we speak, where you have Pamela Anderson sitting on the front. But what stands out in my mindset was the tattoo. She had that barbed wire tattoo on her arm. And it was something that has really, that almost resonated with me to like girls with tattoos, I would say. And I think that was something... I guess that would be an avatar for me growing up. I wouldn't say like I liked her blonde hair, or her blue eyes or anything specific to that, but it was more of the image that she portrayed. And I honestly think I found that in you with your strong personality because I'm not 
a weak personality, but I need someone who kicks me in the ass from time to time to really put me where I need to be and push me through hardships, push me through goals to, to let me truly achieve my true capabilities. Well, thank you. <laughs> it's quite a bit different for girls. We, um, well, a lot of us, as you listen to this, whether you're a girl or maybe a different kind of boy than Clint was <laughs> with different boy crushes, we always created these certain lists of what our ideal partner would look like. And mind you, a lot of them are very callous attributes, like their height, their eye color, their hair color, um, maybe their job profession, just what the ideal partner would look like. And I actually completely forgot about this until last year when we went to the Tribe of Buyers event and Andrew Crozy was up on stage and he was talking about how a year before he met his girlfriend, he had put together a list of what his girlfriend should be, what she should look like, how she should act. And he had forgotten all about it too, But months after dating his girlfriend, he found that list. And it turns out that the list was pretty spot on with the girl that he, I guess, attracted to to himself. And when this was made mention again in Elena Cardone's book, it really surprised me because there are a lot of times where things like this will have happened in the past and then we'll completely have forgotten about them. And in the exercise that she suggests doing in her book, she talks about creating that list, whether you're single or you're in a relationship with somebody. And in particular, when you are in a relationship with somebody, going over that list together. So if I were to say something along the lines of, I want a husband who is physically fit and Clint works out, but Had he not worked out, I would share the list with him and then he would see that that's something that I find attractive. And then it would let him know that this is something that's important to me in his characteristics. And of course, that could be one of two ways, you know, how somebody looks or me thinking it's important for my partner to be healthy. And I thought it was such a cool concept of not only creating that list if you're single and then putting it away somewhere, Um, But also, if you are in a relationship, to be able to share those attributes attributes with one another to let the other person know that these are things that are important to me, whether they exist in you or not. And mind you, I'm not talking, you know, say somebody six five when they're really only six foot, like there's no way they're going to grow five inches and you wouldn't want to make them feel bad about that. But that's callous. Like how important is that that's probably the least important thing that could be on a list well lifter boots can always fix that (laughs) but and and you're absolutely right there's those attributes that you can effectively change and you're not really looking at height or weight as those are super important to you well weight would be because that's something you can control you're looking more in those aspects of what it is that you want in a person the the physical aspects are there especially if you're in a relationship you found those physical aspects to be attractive in one way or another whether they fit within your avatar and and those avatars do change over time and it just depends on where you sit in life and that's a great point is the the concept of having an evolving list of what you personally seek out in your partner. And I don't think that society has conditioned us to 
really be blatant and open about having that kind of conversation and being it as the new year, I think it would be a perfect time to sit down and you and I, and maybe you, as you listen to this with your partner, if you have one, and if not to do this exercise individually and to, to map out what those things are that you want in your partner and then to collaborate on ways to make it happen. I think if both parties are willing to be involved in that type of activity, doing it on a yearly basis, it's a way to make sure that you're holding one another accountable and then constantly growing individually and as a couple and doing things that are meaningful to your partner and then showing that it's important to you to improve on those things or to learn something new if that's important to your partner and to show that you, you're still committed and you're willing to do those things. Yeah, and it's so important. You want to have both partners buying in on that if you're in that relationship because you it could be completely taken awry if you just come out of left field with it. It's You need to have that discussion and that communication that needs to be there within any relationship. It's, it's so important. And we've talked about that communication before it's establishing that connection with one another no one's taught us how to love in a relationship and other than what society shows us and it's so important to communicate with one another because the hallmark movies and and i laugh as i say this because they're they're great movies but in a lot of aspects, they're, they're not always realistic. It's not always a kiss at the end of the movie or the snow starts falling and everything's hunky-dory. It takes a lot of work at really discovering what you want and what your partner wants. And it comes to that agreement that you arrive to with one another. If my clients, if one of my clients were sitting in front of me, that would probably be a question that that I would receive commonly is how do we start to have those types of conversations? Because it comes out, it can come out of left field, especially when you have one person who is working on self-development and maybe they feel like they have to because of the other partner. And how do you present a topic of conversation like that when it isn't both people consuming the content or understanding how it it might be beneficial. And for me, I always like to say to wait until you're in a space to where you're you're on common ground. And a lot of times this is when you're driving in a car together, you're enjoying music with one another, you've just been laughing, you're talking about something that isn't really meaningful and you're just living, right? Maybe on the way to the grocery store or to pick up your kids, whatever it may be. And then opening it up by saying something along the lines of, I'm going to have a weird conversation with you. I hope it's okay. This is going to seem like it's coming out of left field, but I know that it's something that will benefit us both. Is it okay to have this conversation with you now? And you've just taken the weirdness off of the conversation and you've already admitted that like this is already coming out of left field. I know that it is. And when you do that and you blatantly express that this is something that you already know might make both of you uncomfortable, it tends to become a little less uncomfortable by doing it that way. And you're almost getting your significant other's answer in the initial question. So if they agree to it, 
they've already it, subconsciously, if we agree to something, it's hard for us to back away from it as well. Well, we call that neuro-linguistic programming, my friend. And that would be what we call a micro commitment by getting your partner to say a very small yes on the onset of it. And I hope that as you listen to this, that you found that helpful. If you have, please make sure to rate and subscribe and reach out to us. We love talking and communicating with you. And we'll, we'll talk to you on the next one.